Welcome to the second Amazing Race 29 recap episode of URT Number, the Amazing Race podcast from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Harmstone, and joining me once again is my fellow Brit and partner in crime, who says it's a good thing he's left-handed, Anthony Williams. Hello! I'm 100% up for this. No, 120% up for this, even though that is mathematically impossible. And the Australian, who I'm still not sure if she's forgiven us yet, Michelle Pierce-Denovan. Oh, I have, I have. For anyone who was watching social media, we're recording this on Saturday, for anyone who was watching social media last night, you would have seen that me and Ant both posted quite a few gifts of Michelle. And that was because we revealed to her last night, live, that we'd been on a quiz show together on Tuesday. Yes. Amazing. We were on national TV and had to keep it from her for four months. <laughs> well, we didn't have to, I we just chose how, to. How you did that, I have no idea. And the even better thing is that there were hundreds of hints in the Hunted podcast that just she didn't pick up on. What what day did you tape it again? 15th of January, the week before Hunted started. That was the day I got back from my holiday and I was not with a brain anyway. <laughs> I wouldn't have caught up on anything. Yeah, the Hunted podcast started the week after that, Michelle. That's the thing. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, there were a few hints on the actual day, but... If you want to see more of that, I do have the reveal video that is available on my YouTube channel now. The whole video of me? No, not the whole video of you. The whole, God. the whole. Here's what the you should clues. have spotted. Yeah. Video with added Lee Wilson now as well. I saw. Yay! It's such a sweet video. It's just lovely. Yeah. <laughs> so good. I recommend checking that out. It's good. My favorite bit is just the the shrug where he says Rowan Wolf Wilson. <laughs> so anyway, amazing race. And I think it was another interesting episode. It certainly was, yeah. Very interesting. For an episode that probably had not very good tasks, I would say, this cast certainly made the best of it. Yeah. And boy, did certain members of this cast make a a good go of it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, yes. So previously, 22 strangers were paired up for a race around the world. After getting lucky at a start-line task... Becca and Floyd ended up with the only express pass. Once they were in Panama, some teams clicked while others fought. At the detail, Becca and Floyd aimed true, and Matt and Redmond sped through. Seth and Olive won the leg, but it was Kevin and Jen's navigational blunders which saw them become the first team eliminated from the race. And, as we predicted last week, we have a full intro, yes, and we can actually talk about our favourite thing to talk about, which is all the ridiculous intro shots. <laughs> not, not as ridiculous as they should be. Really? They're a, bit, a bit dull, no. aren't Brooke and Scott's is They're good. They're dull. Becca and Floyd's is good, but the others are a bit dull. Brooke and Scott, we do get the head turn, which is all I can ask for. Yep. Hmm. It is a staple of every Amazing Race intro. Someone has to do a head turn. Who did the jump? I can't remember who that was. Jump into the arms. The Jeff and Jackie classic was Brooke and uh, Scott, of her jumping into his arms, and then they had the head turn as well. <laughs> no hair flick from Jen. Very disappointed. No hair flick from Kevin. <laughs> yeah, that would have been better. <laughs> right, yes. Long hair, don't care, remember? <laughs> they should have done the hair flick together. Yep. But then there could have been the awkward moment where their hairs clashed and cancelled each other out. <laughs> and we also find out why certain people chose their partners. And there's only one really interesting one, which is that Seth was observant enough to spot Olive's firefighting patch on her bag. Mm, yes. Yeah. Yeah, everyone else, I think, have just gone for, oh, they seem all right, they'll do. But yeah, he's, he's thinking tactically early on. Good. And luckily for him, they're not the biggest targets. 
No. Because going into a blind double U-turn leg next week, I think they might have been setting up a target. I think they might. Yep. I think this uh, this whole leg was uh, showing who can be trusted, who can't be trusted, and how you end up being a, a target at a U-turn. And Team Swimmers now fly to Sao Paulo, Brazil, then sign up for a helicopter flight and find Praça de Sé to find their next clue. And, already improving upon Amazing Race 28, which arguably isn't hard, we have six flights. Six. I know, that's my first line. Six different flights. When has that ever happened? I don't think it has. Because there's a quite infamous rule from last season, at least, that people can only book one flight now. But the fact that Brooke and Scott went on standby is a great sign, because that means they mm-hmm. probably rescinded that stupid rule. But also, the fact that there are six flights is awesome. That's classic Amazing Race. Certainly, is, yes. Isn't it? I was a little bit disappointed with the sneaky hours of operation bunching up, though. Yeah. You know, what's the point of starting leg at 11.16 when the very first thing you've got to do is wait for five and a three quarter hours it's just a bit bit pointless yeah. uh, it was a bit of a shame and i think a little bit unfair actually on um shamir, shamir and sarah who you know l- looked out that that someone happened to sneak in just down to typing speed it just didn't it felt a bit clunky it felt like they probably could have done that a little bit better yeah but that is also a classic amazing race tactic of making them start at a ridiculous time so that they all are actually bunched Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. Just just felt a little bit of a weird way to do it, really. Do I, something and then bunch them. I'd, I'd prefer. I think it also comes back from last week's episode, probably going on a lot longer than it they expected. Mm-hmm. So they had to do something to make sure that they were bunched up because they, for some reason, don't want people being twenty four hours ahead of each other anymore. No, but yeah, six flights. Wow, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd love that all through the season. I, I really like the airport drama stuff, and we haven't had that for ages. It's good. Sadly, CBS seems to be moving away from it. Yeah, although, you know what? These first two episodes, for me, have a real vintage feel to them. They, there's lots of stuff that we've we've not seen for a few seasons, so I'm hoping that's going to carry on. It does feel like a classic Amazing Race season, dare I say it. Yeah, yeah. And especially after 28, I think they have lent quite deeply into the the normal people dynamic, mm-hmm. trying to find normos. And arguably certain people in this cast still aren't very normal, but the fact that they've tried to find actual fans and actual people who will enjoy doing the race, it shows even with a, a casting mechanic that certain people don't like. Those certain people being wrong, because pairing up at the start line is an awesome idea, but it, it feels nice. It does. Does it? it feels much more like your sort of first half of Amazing Race seasons more than the latter ones. So on the six flights are Vankin Ashton and Matt and Redmond on the first flight, Seth and Olive, Shamir and Sarah, and Brooke and Scott on the second flight, Liz and Michael on the third, London and Logan on the fourth, Becca and Floyd and Tara and Joey on the fifth, and Jesse and Francesca on the sixth flight. And we also learn that Shamir is basically the wolf of Wall Street. And this is the part where you start thinking, actually, maybe Shamir's not going to get a good edit this week. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's a little bit of foreshadowing about his temper here. Even though I knew what happened with Shamir before I watched the episode, it's still hilarious. <laughs> it still made me laugh so much. I'll have to talk about that later when we get up to that bit. Yeah, I yeah. think you might, Michelle. <laughs> Uh, and when they land, Vankin Ashton and Matt and Redmond 
apparently agree to flip a coin on who gets the first helicopter ride. Well, Van and Aston agree. Matt and Redmond, not so much. Why would, you do would that? they do that? On leg two. It's a race. It's a, you don't have an agreement. Whoever gets there first gets there first and gets on the damn helicopter. Yep. Like, seriously. But the best thing is, the edit was trying to make Matt and Redmond look villainous for this. Yeah. Didn't quite They're not off. villainous. <laughs> They're just playing the game the right way. They're not villainous, but it will take the edge off when they get U-turned next week, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I have a prediction for how the U-turn is probably going to go down from this episode. Yeah. We'll get to that at the end, I'm sure. And um, so the order ends up being Matt and Redmond, Van Ashton, Shamir and Sarah, Seth and Olive, Brooke and Scott, Liz and Michael, London and Logan, Becker and Floyd, Tara and Joey, and Jesse and Francesca. And Matt apparently chose Redmond because they both know what injuries are. Yeah. They, they can push through the pain, these guys. This is the part where I really needed the awkward horn. Just an <laughs> awkward conch. Just going, Matt, do not say that. For God's sake, don't say that, please. Yeah, I was watching it go, you are going to equate yourself with a guy who lost a limb in battle. You're a snowboarder, Matt. Get, get some perspective here. It was just so awkward. <laughs> you could see it from from him speaking. He gets halfway through a sentence and clearly is thinking, this really doesn't work, does it? It really doesn't work. I know I've not actually lost a leg or anything, <laughs> but I did once hurt my thumb. <laughs> I once got a splinter. <laughs> it's very good. So, uh, once they get to Prasadice, it's a detour, which is keep the beat or move your feet. And in mm. keep the beat, teams must accompany a local samba group onto traditional instruments to get their next clue. And in move your feet, teams must build a workout station using recycled items to exacting specifications to get their next clue. And which one would you have chosen? Uh, work your feet, absolutely 100%. No, I would have done the keep the beat. I agree with Michelle. Oh, I would never have done the other one. Because exacting specifications is the key one for me. Yeah, I, I get that. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be cool with that. I would struggle with following instructions and rhythm would be my downfall. So you've only got one of those two things to deal with in your feet. I could, I could do the detail. That's fine. I wouldn't have been very good at Keep the Beat, but also... I think if you're going for exacting specifications and you don't get it on the first time, you'll absolutely stress yourself out. Yeah. What, what we didn't see, which we've seen in the past, is where they just basically rip it up and start again. So at least they took their time, they were patient, and had a really good look and figured it out. I think all the teams managed to do it. It looked to me like they, the teams were getting through that one a little bit faster, though. Yeah, they, I, it seemed to be. I, I don't. I don't know. Unless move your feet was a lot closer. Hmm. I mean, the first thing I wrote down, literally, after the coin flip comment was, it's not that hard to play an instrument. But obviously it is for some people. Do you not see Shamir's hand? It was bleeding it and was. everything. I know, why? He was just playing a drum. Because he's Shamir? <laughs> I don't understand. He had a beater in one hand, so that hand's fine. And he's just hitting it with the other hand. You don't hit the rim, or else you will do damage to yourself. I'm assuming from what we've learnt of him this episode, 
he probably was hitting it far too hard. That's what she said. <laughs> and that is just a precursor to all of the Shamir's testicles chat that we're going to be having in probably about 15 minutes. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. There'll be a very interesting conversation coming up later. <laughs> oh, dear. Go on, keep going. But the most important bit of this detour for me is the example that is Redmond's hat. Please tell me you noticed Redmond's hat. No. No? You didn't notice his beanie. Oh, guys, oh, I'm God, so yes, disappointed yes. in you. I, I was going, what the hell is that? What, what is he wearing? I have found out since that when he was competing in amputee games in London, his mum crocheted him a hat, which is that hat. Oh, so it holds sentimental value. It needs to. It needs to. <laughs> because it's tragic. Yeah, but my first reaction was, why the hell is he wearing a tea cosy on his head? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it did look like a tea cosy. Oh my God, he needs to be English. <laughs> it was either that or a swimming cap. It looked like the cap you see for synchronised swimming. It would get rather wet. I'd be very heavy and smelly because it looks like wool. So, so I just want to retract that thing I said about I can do details. I didn't even notice he was wearing a hat. Oh, <laughs> and you need to go back and watch it. I will oh, go back. No, I remember it now. It was, it was spectacular. I was you... trying to figure out what colour is it. I was trying to work out how many colours were in the hat. Once you spot it, you cannot ignore it anymore. Yeah, you keep looking at it. <laughs> I know I have a reputation for um, for my slight colour blindness, meaning that I do wear quite loud colours anyway. But, yeah, I'm not even sure I would touch that hat. Okay. I'm sure I'll see it next time I look. That needs to be the... Whatever. I've lost them. What do you call it? The banner. It needs to be the banner. The hat. There's a few contenders for the banner this week, Michelle. I'm not going to lie. Most of which come from this detour. Yes, I know. And Matt and Redmond do get to the first rejection of the detour because they didn't have water in their drum. Mmm... But that was it. That seems to be the only thing that they stumbled on, and they got it really quickly after that. So I'm I'm still holding with this task. You could power through pretty quick. And then Liz and Michael call themselves the Band Geek Mafia. Which is great. Which is great, and should have been the episode title, because Scared Spitless is a shit title that was, for some reason, hashtagged. God knows why. I I kind of really warmed to Liz and Mike in this episode. Uh, I didn't envisage Michael as a, a... a drum geek, but uh, there you go. It's cool. I knew from preseason that he was in a band at least. Yeah, I, don't, I wasn't thinking that kind of band. <laughs> and then we get our first wonderful example of Brooke being a little bit frazzled. Oh, a little bit. <laughs> Brooke just living up to everything I want her to be and more. Yeah, yeah. She is. She's picked up that Haley mantle and is going full throttle now. <laughs> When she fell over, right, and she's sitting on the ground. Now, I don't know whether she's going to listen to this, but I, I, was, I was laughing because she obviously wants to be picked up. And then as soon as he picks her up, it's like, oh, my God, don't even touch me again. And she's walking off. And I, I'm loving this because last, last episode she's saying, you know, don't tell me to calm down. And now she's just being... The typical, stereotypical bad woman when they're on a mission and it's just, it's just amazing. I love it. Mm. I love it. It's ridiculous, 
And I love it because it's ridiculous. I think that Brooke knows exactly that she probably was a little bit of a hot mess. (laughs) And she's fully aware of that and sort of owns it, which is awesome. It was a great sequence, wasn't it? You get stressed, you, you're in a taxi, right? That's that's fine. We'll just walk then. Two steps later, <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing. Oh, that didn't I'm work laughing out at out him there. too, because he's so clueless at how to deal with her, and he's yeah. like, "What the hell it's is so this?" So awkward, isn't it? It's like, <laughs> he basically has got to the the point where he's just like, "What mess have I got myself into?" <laughs> because, because he's he's gay, yes. Yes, yes. So he's not used to dealing with all this women crap. He's like, what the hell? <laughs> I love it. It's just glorious. <laughs> I have to say that this all comes from a place of love. Scott and Brooke are by far my favourite team. Oh, and yeah, I have just... made this abundantly clear to both of them on social media that I love them dearly. Yeah. But this entire scene was just glorious. They're just the perfect kind of couple for us, aren't they? They're a hot mess, but they're a nice hot mess. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Scott. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can just see the scene. So good. And then she says, pain is temporary, elimination is forever. That is my new quote. Yes. That is such a good quote. It was great. I love it. Brilliant. And uh, Matt and Redmond leave feet in first, and teams must now find a cyclist on Avenida Paulista to get their next clue. Oh, the famous invisible cyclist trick. To some motorists, cyclists are invisible, but this one actually was. It was completely invisible. She's just not there. She's clearly not there, circling you three times while you're talking. <laughs> well, that that is the, the classic mole quote of Tunnel Vizzy. Yes, it is. Yeah, definitely. It's just people not being able to see what's right in front of them. Mm-hmm. Did make me chuckle. But I think that's probably what they wanted to happen. Yeah, it's, it's a stressful situation thing, isn't it? You're, you're so panicking looking for a cyclist that you don't see that there's a cyclist right in front of you. It's good. I, I like things like that. Again, this just has this really good... That's like an old-school clue. I love that. We, we seem to have had a lot of seasons where it's get a taxi, get out of the taxi, pick up the clue from the box that's right in front of the taxi go and do a tour and it just felt felt like we've had loads of that recently it's nice that they've actually got to do something they've got to find the right person i love all of that stuff i like that um when i do the race around sydney they always have a roaming checkpoint like that a roaming Mm. person who you have to find um and one time they were in a huge marketplace we have and they were dressed up as giant bananas, of course. But to try and find them in there, it was huge. And you had to be extremely lucky for them to be walking down one of the aisles when you saw them. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it makes it more challenging. It's much more interesting. I'm going to contrast this now with Amazing Race Canada because I have been on record for Amazing Race Canada a lot about how disappointed I am at quite a lot of the production decisions. But it's nice to see the US production actually putting effort in. Mm. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, that, that is one thing Canada has done really well, hasn't it? You know, they've got lots of tasks to find, clues, active route info stuff. Really good, really good. The issue is, of course, that Amazing Race Canada does it to disguise from the fact that they are so lacklustre at actually leaving the country. 
Yeah, yeah, all right. They're all in Canada. But... So this is good. This is a good combination. It's a nice way of getting a clue, and it's in a good location. So what's not to love? It's very rare that I give any credit to Amazing Race US producers, especially after the mess that was fake All-Stars. But a big thumbs up to the producers for the first two episodes, because you're impressing me so far. Mm. I'm quietly confident for you at the moment. Yeah, it really, it does feel like they've gone back to the playbook and said, what works about this show? What is it that people fell in love with? Let's let's do more of that stuff. Let's forget about the gimmicks. You know, there is a big gimmick through the whole show, but it's kind of done now, and we're, we're into two, team, uh, two teams. We're into teams that are just good people that we want to watch. Of course, then they're introducing the blind double U-turn next week again, but... Yeah, well... That's okay. That's all right. Makes it interesting. The problem is it looks like everyone's so bunched up that it's not going to be a blind one. Yeah, it looks like they're all there at the same time. So less, somewhat less blind when you can see who's doing it. And Shamir and Zara get two rejections for not stopping during Beat. And then we get the sound clip of the episode from Matt off of Redmond saying, Trying to snag our bags, bro! <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Why was the taxi <laughs> trying to leave with the boot up anyway? I don't well, know. It's... But it made me giggle a lot. Because they're in Brazil. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> yeah, that, that's the closest they've come to being a bro team. Maybe that's yeah, that's a theme. Nearly snagged their bags, bro! It just reminded me of uh, the Silicon Valley app. <laughs> It's very Silicon Valley. And Frank and Ashton leave Feet in second with Seth and Olive in third. And apparently people in Massachusetts uh, consider speed limits advisory. Yeah, apparently so, yeah. A suggestion, <laughs> rather. A suggestion. <laughs> well, it was funny. How well have Frank and Ashton pulled it around, though? They were they were killing it on this task. That's what I, I've written that just above the cab one. I've written they're getting on so well. Yeah, they They've done a great job there and just working brilliantly together on a task that you really wouldn't think they were going to be good at. You know, this is a, quite a physical task. I guess the detail element they've got with Vank, but they just powered through it. It was really, really well done. They've definitely gone up the power rankings this week, which, mm-hmm. to be fair to them, they couldn't have gone much down. But No, that is true. Yeah. But no, looking like a pretty good team now. And uh, Brooke says it's a good thing that she's left-handed. Which is not, that happens a couple of times in this episode. Oh, no, it's, um, she may say it's a good job he's not left-handed later on. I've written here that I'm laughing at Scott again. When he was saying sorry, when was he saying sorry to her? I can't remember. I think he moved the fridge around and nearly banged oh, into her right. elbow, didn't he? And he's going, like, sorry, 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 I'm sorry, sorry. I'm sorry, I'm just going to say sorry. I'm just going to keep on saying it. He needs to be a husband. Honestly, he's learning really fast. He's learning fast, isn't he? Anything I've done, may have done, or I'm about to do, I'm sorry about. <laughs> I think I'm just going to start calling Scott the Canadian. He is like a Canadian. Sorry. I'm so sorry, Brooke. I'm sorry for everything I'm about to do. <laughs> I'm so sorry at the beginning of the day for everything. <laughs> okay continue they are awesome uh if these guys don't make the final i'm gonna be so disappointed they're brilliant there's so much fun and given that we know that the intro shots were entirely filmed like next to the finish line the fact that they are grinning with each other makes me think that they don't hate each other which is good yeah it's good (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> They're like a husband and wife. 
we don't hate each other too much. We're okay. We're fine. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it is a good thing that Brooks left-handed because left-handers don't get enough love in uh, in reality TV. They don't, or generally. No, no, we never get any uh, any love. You both left-handers, are you? We are both left-handed. Oh, yes. Jeez, that explains a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> Even better, I only found out Ant was left-handed because we had to take our smartwatches off because we both wear smartwatches. We had to take our smartwatches off before we went into the code. Oh, why did you have to do that? So we couldn't cheat. <laughs> How could you cheat? I mean, you'd have to actually look down at it and do something to it. Because I could have looked up and gone, okay, Google, who invented Mikado? <laughs> yeah, if only. Mm. I think they were more worried about notifications and things and noises and stuff. Yes. Um, were there several teams trying to do the task in the same band at the same time? Yes. It looked like it, yeah. Yeah, it looked like they got a few yeah, observers. Yeah, there were, but there was enough observers from the actual Samba group to not make it a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I thought it was quite a nice way of doing it. I do get a little bit annoyed sometimes when um, they do tasks where if you fail, you've got to wait for everybody else to do it. It adds it to the tension, but it's just a bit annoying. I thought it was good that they all, they could all just crack on together. Mm-hmm. Good. And um, London struggles with holding it as well. Yeah. London seemed a little bit overexcited in this leg. Yeah, does her face actually change? No, she just seems to be grinning constantly. <laughs> she's happy to be there. Yeah, but she has those sort of bug eyes. Yeah, she's got a bit of a Sarah Jessica Parker kind of look for me. She's just a bit, it's a bit too much. She just needs to rein it in a little bit. <laughs> and then Shamir and Sarah leave beat in fourth. But Shamir did screw up his hand. Oh, poorly. Poorly hand. Which is the, the second bit of Shamir complaining this episode. <laughs> Shamir complaining about physical injuries. Ah, surely that's the end of it now. He'll be fine. He's got it out of his system. Don't worry. <laughs> Although there was another great visual around this point in the episode, which was Jesse and Francesca's height difference. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's like watching Twins, the Danny DeVito film. Yes. When they were coming down in the lift from the the helicopter landing spot, the camera was just sort of focused, tipping up, so it made uh, Jessie just look like an Amazonian woman, basically. I know she's 6'3", but it just made it even funnier. It did look like a big gap. Yeah, it was quite an amusing shot. Whenever they're framed together, it just, yeah, looks funny. Oh, as an aside to that, here we go. I know I shouldn't be doing this. You know what? I I looked at these photos this week of Princess Diana and Charles, and all these photos that they took of them, they made Charles stand on something or her crouch down so that it looked like some perfect shot of a husband and her wife where the wife was smaller. And they did that for all their, you know, engagement photos and the wedding photos. They're all doctored to make her look smaller than him. And I just thought that was really bizarre. I mean, they can't really do it with these two on the race. They can't suddenly say, oh, hang on, let me just put a box under you. <laughs> <laughs> it's unusual. Continue. And <laughs> nerds, Liz and Michael leave beat in fifth. Yeah, they rock it. Do it first time by the look of it. They do, nerds. No, don't say that. They're just good at drumming. They called themselves nerds. I know. I just, uh, yeah. After last week's sort of bad edit for them, just sort of there, 
I really warmed to them this episode. I really like them now. Yeah, I do, yeah. Because we yeah. didn't see much of her last episode in terms of personality. No, we just saw her bad costume decisions and falling into the water. So, yeah, what were we, what were we supposed to think of them? And what a comeback. I was, I was trying to think when we've had a team practically eliminated, like only saved by a penalty to then turn it around that much. I couldn't, couldn't think of one off the top of my head. Yeah, it, it's a massive sort of 180 for me, mm. which is nice. I like being wrong about my initial impressions. Oh, I love it. And we also find out that we have two teams of band geeks because Becker and Floyd obviously are massive band geeks. Of course. Of course Floyd played drums at high school. What do you expect? Of course he did. It was like this leg was built for these guys, wasn't it? We've got a drum task for Floyd, and then we've got a, a kind of a climbing-type task for, for Becca later. Spot on. This is just a perfect leg for them. Mm. Fun meter in the red zone for these guys on this leg. And um, we also find out something that may come into play next week, which is just three words. Ashton holds grudges. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just in case you didn't get that subtle clue there. Um, everybody watching, Ashton holds grudges. Holds crutches. Yeah, right. Ashton holds crutches. And there's a U-turn coming. That's going to end well. <laughs> and London and Logan leave beat in sixth. And then Floyd brings the enthusiasm. Floyd's just brilliant. Big smile. Happy guy. Giving it large on the drums. Brilliant. <laughs> First time. No problem. Nailed it. Yeah, Floyd's grinning face is one of the contenders for this week's banner. Yeah, I, I'd go with that. He's, he's, he's brilliant. I love him. Another one, however, is Becca's gobsmacked face when she finds out they got the clue in one go. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Becca and Floyd leave in seventh, and Brooke and Scott leave feet in eighth, Tara and Joey leave feet in ninth, and then Jesse and Francesca leave beat in last. And once teams get to the Avenida Polista... It's a roadblock, which is who likes things squeaky clean. And in this first roadblock of the race, one team member must abseil down a building and then clean the marked window to receive their next clue. A literally marked window. Yep. <laughs> and it is Ashton, Liz, Redmond, Seth, Scott, Shamir, Becca, Tara, Logan and Francesca doing this roadblock. They dirtied a lot of windows. They obviously thought people weren't going to get it on the first go. Well, I think that's kind of the point of making them abseil down and do it, because there is always the jeopardy that you're going to have gone too far down. Mm. Yeah, and there was no way back up. No. That would be really annoying. And this is where CBS lose part of their positive points off me, because you don't need to hashtag everything someone says. Yes. Well, they hashtag that, because that's the episode title. Yeah, but it's a terrible episode title. I know, but that's why they're hashtagging it, because that's where it's come from. Do they normally hashtag other things when it's come from, when it is the title? No. Maybe it's something they're going to start doing. The thing is, Liz actually had a better one herself, which was Band Geek Mafia. Mm. Or they could have gone a longer route and gone, Pain is Temporary, Elimination is Forever. Which would have been a great episode title. I was really surprised you didn't go with that. Love it. And... Scott is scared. We learnt in Scott's bio that he is afraid of heights and shares my fear of falling. And he was crying. I mean, I'm not scared of heights. It wouldn't even bother me at all. But I felt for him. I was trying to understand if it was a room full of cockroaches I had to walk into 
was trying to put myself in his shoes. But let's just hope for his sake there is no bungee jumps or skydives in his future. Oh, God, yeah. Spoilers, there is. <laughs> really? Oh, God, he doesn't have to do it, does he? Because bungee jumping is like hell. In the first trailer released of the season, I'm 99% sure we saw Scott bungee jump. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. That would kill him. That would... It, it's terrifying. I'm not afraid of heights, but the whole idea of having to jump off... Yeah, I'd it was. I can still remember that like it's yesterday, and it was literally decades ago. I just love the way that Scott is clearly petrified by this, but he just he's just like, no, I've I've got to do it. I've, you know, Brooks Brooks hurt her arm. I'm just going to have to do this. I'm going to have to push through, and uh, you know, use it as an opportunity to try and get over something. That's exactly the way you've got to deal with it, isn't it? It's brilliant. Scott is a hundred percent meant to be one of the sweethearts of this season. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah, because even though we're seeing him in quite an emotional state, we're seeing it in a watch this guy overcome his fears, not ah, look at him, he's scared of scared of heights. He got his own VT last week, remember? Yeah. So yeah, Scott doesn't even blink that we see of and just does it. Which is, of course, supposed to endear him to us if he isn't already endeared to us, which, of course, to, to all of us he is. Yeah. And Seth gets a rejection and has to go all the way down because he went a bit too low. Yeah, a little bit overconfident, I think. And then Liz leaves in first with Ashton in second. Go, Liz. Yeah. Getting that redemption. Carrying on this monumental comeback. They're just blasting through everything now. Amazing. And teams must now find Trianon Park, the pit stop for this leg of the race. The last team to check in may be eliminated. I was uh, half expecting a non-elimination in this episode. Um, And I think the reason for it is because it was really clear how far behind Jesse and Francesco were. But what I will say is it's the same argument as I had with Amazing Race Canada last year. Is it not a little bit unfair to the first team out if the second leg is then a non-elimination? Well, yeah, but you can say that for everyone. You know, isn't it a little bit unfortunate that the team that went out last week didn't get saved by a long... It doesn't really matter, does it? There's going to be some legs that are non-elimination and someone will have always gone out the week before. So mm. Yes, but... When you do it on the second leg, you've got teams who've never raced before, and then one of them gets eliminated, and then the next leg you save someone. It, it's a little bit unfortunate. And in this case, just like with Amazing Race Canada 4, it would have been a team I wasn't a big fan of anyway, who were affected by the first leg non- uh, first leg elimination. So I wouldn't have cared particularly, but I think there's more of an argument to make the first leg non-elimination this series than the second leg. Oh yeah, I think totally. that too. No, I just think just the way that it was being constructed because it was really obvious that they were a long, long way behind. I thought, oh, it's okay. There's, there's no, there's no jeopardy here. We, we, we're just going to see them end up being last, but it's all okay. So I was, I was genuinely surprised. I don't think they could have edited it any other way. There's no way you can add tension to it. No, no, no. no. Um, so Becca is a climbing instructor because she is a massive fan of lady climbers. That's right. So this is just a perfect leg for them. Yeah. But, but it is Redmond who leaves in third. And then another MVP for the episode is the way that Joey says, Tara! <laughs> and then the best bit of the episode, completely, and the bit that we're probably going to spend longest talking about, Shamir and his testicles. Please explain. <laughs> okay. Now, I saw where the straps were, and they did seem to be rather close together. So I can understand maybe 
Please explain it to me, lads. I have worn a harness quite a few times from doing like high ropes courses and things. Those things are uncomfortable. You just have to suck it up. Yeah, but is it enough for him to go into an ambulance no, and worry no. that he's not going to be able to use them again? No. So, so what, what happened is they're, they're supposed to be really, really tight, aren't they? But they're supposed to be tight sort of top of your legs and, and, and you know, into your thighs. So somehow he's not been set up properly here. I, and, and then when I, when I rewatched, I think he actually asked them to loosen it for the second time. And I think that is what causes the problem. You need them really tight and not moving because the minute they move, they're going to go in the wrong place. And also there's the chance of chafing. Yeah. So I I almost want to blame the guy who, who strapped him up there for, for letting him loosen it off because I think that is what's caused him the problem. I think he probably should have gone the other way and said, no, you've got to have them really, really tight, but let's just make sure they're really tight around your thighs and not going to cause that problem for you. So what would you two have done? Not bitched and moaned. Yeah, just got on with it. <laughs> I'm trying to give Shamir the benefit of the doubt here, by the way. I, I understand his pain, but the best way to stop that pain happening is to do the task quickly. Yeah. And then you don't have to worry about the harness. Yeah. yeah so some, something's gone wrong. He's, he's not been strapped up properly. It's probably too loose and it's caused the problem. But yeah, you've just got to get on with it. You know, power through it. Um, and, and just, I can understand yeah, her frustration because he's he's on the ground looking up, not doing anything. At least get up there so he's not actually doing nothing. And if he's up there, he might actually get on faster. Mm-hmm. Wearing a harness is definitely not the most comfortable thing in the world. But the best way to get rid of it is to just hurry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Isn't that awful? How on earth? Do these climbers do things in harnesses and stuff? That's why you see people free climbing, Michelle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. One of our more interesting conversations on this podcast. Yeah, Yeah, you you don't want anything pinching. Yeah, and also he's never done it before, has he? So he's not going to be set up for it. They're not really wearing the right gear anyway. So, you know, they're harnessing them over regular wear. And if you were planning for this, you'd probably have something on that was more protective in the first place, I think. So, But it didn't affect everybody, did it? So something something went amiss there. He was the only one we saw moaning about it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he gets rejected and hates the harness. And then Seth leaves him fourth. And then Shamir's balls are about to rupture and he breaks a window. And yeah. he asks for an ambulance. Oh, my God. Yeah, what is that about? You can't just break a window. Yeah, that's that's the kind of thing that goes down really well with your casual audience, isn't it? I think with Shamir as well, it's the lack of control that he yeah. didn't like. Yeah. Because it is, when you're abseiling like that, you don't have full control. You have control over how quickly you're moving, but you can't just get off. No, he does seem to have that, that going on, doesn't he? He's a, he's a bit of a control freak, tends to... Seems like he's he's one to blame things when things aren't going his way as well. Did he punch the window or did he press on it? No, he punched it. Okay. Because if you pressed on it, then okay. But punching it, you're really trying to do something. Yeah. I think Shamir is very competitive and likes stuff being done in the way he likes it being done. And when it isn't, he gets a bit frustrated. 
Yeah. And that's that's why he needs a sort of partner who will not shout and get pissy at him, but calm him down. And he's he's one of those people that can't accept his own failings, I think, as well. So when things aren't going well, he's got to externalise it and make it something else's fault. So it's the harness, it's his hand getting injured. It's it's not, I just didn't do it fast enough. Yeah. But I think after that, and in commemoration of his testicles, we should nickname him Swole Brother. <laughs> he is the Swole hmm. Brother. And uh, Brooke and Scott leave in fifth. Becker and Floyd in sixth, London and Logan in seventh, and Tara and Joey, Tara and Joey in eighth. And Sarah says that she would just suck it up. Yep, suck it up, Buttercup. <laughs> and she also sends Jesse and Francesca in the wrong direction. In a lovely little move, which which I I bear her no malice for whatsoever. Because if you're no, stood no, asking, if you're stood asking someone where's the cyclist with the clue, while the cyclist with the clue is cycling past you, <laughs> you deserve everything you get. Oh God! And then Shamir finally gets it on attempt number five. So he no. was there a while. He was it. So that would have he he made himself even worse if he could have got it done on the first time. That's the thing, Michelle. Because he was not seeing the wood from the trees, basically, he didn't realise that the quicker you do it, the less pain you're going to be in overall. So the best plan is to just do it, get it done on first attempt, if you can, and then go to the pit stop. Yep. Oh, well. You'll learn. So, coming in first at the pit stop is Liz and Michael, and they win a trip for two to Barbados. Yay. Together. It Let's hope like it. they win another trip so one can take the trip and then the other one can take the other trip. What yeah, the hell? The later in the season you win a trip, the better the trips generally are. I Understandably, but how can a couple who don't know each other take a trip together? Seriously, one of them is going to have to take that trip. They're not going to go together. Especially as he's married. Exactly. Why didn't they give them something else which was a separate Thing, like 5,000 cash sheets or, or something like that. However, we are robbed of the fact that Vank and Ashton didn't win this leg. Because can you imagine them going to Barbados together? You'd have been over the moon with that, wouldn't you? You'd be like, yes, result! <laughs> it's like <laughs> a... I'm what, going on holiday uh, with an actual woman. Way! It's like a D-grade movie that you watch <laughs> on a Saturday afternoon Word, yeah. when there's nothing else on. <laughs> I'm breathing the same air as a woman. What? Yeah, look! <sighs> Oh, bless him. So, third was Matt and Redmond, and Redmond did have a joke ready. He did, and and in which case, I am now going to say, we can bring back the hashtag I was planning to use for them, so I'm comfortable now to say, for the rest of the season, they are hashtag three-legged racers. Did you see that Redmond actually predicted that hashtag himself? Did he? Yeah. No, I didn't see that. Mm. Well, you've got it now, guys. You, you've you've earned it. You, you own in it. That's it. You're the three-legged racers for me now. And fourth was uh, Seth and Olive. Fifth was Becker and Floyd. Sixth was Brooke and Scott. Seventh was Tara and Joey. Tara and Joey. And eighth was London and Logan. And then the even better bit of this. Ninth was Shamir and Sarah. And Phil didn't give a shit. Oh, he was not a happy bunny, was he? He's probably got the bill for that glass that needs repairing. Phil was angry with him. Oh, I haven't seen that since... um... Jonathan and Victoria. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was that level, wasn't it? Yeah. I was expecting him to say, I'm not angry. I'm just very disappointed. Very disappointed in you. <laughs> and you guys aren't going to the spa. Yeah, no spa no. for you. 
and spy. <laughs> he was really angry with Shamir. Yeah, sure was. And last, therefore, was Jesse and Francesca. And they are the second team eliminated from the race. Oh, a little bit sad that we've lost our female-female team. Apart from the fact we didn't see anything of them this week. No, it was pretty obvious. So they really did seem a long way back. So where where did it go wrong? Because I know they were on the last flight, but they couldn't have been that far behind, could they? Traffic, I think. Yeah. Mm. I suspect when the, the interviews come out, it will be, yeah, we got stuck in traffic a lot. Mm, unfortunate for them. Because that was the whole point of them doing the helicopter to start with, was to avoid the traffic. Yeah. Yeah, because they seemed to do okay on the tasks. Yeah, they were just behind. Yeah, It's amazing when you have a helicopter on purpose in a city because otherwise they wouldn't be able to do the tasks. Mm. So, next time, Zanzibar climbing, more bickering from Shamir and Sarah, and a blind double U-turn for the first time in forever. Mm. But the question is, who is going to be the victim of a blind double U-turn? Mm, that's tricky. I wonder. I have a theory. <laughs> is this, do you mean who's going to get you turned as well as Matt and Redman? Yeah. Because <laughs> they are getting it, no doubt. My theory is Matt and Redman are getting the first U-turn. They are going to U-turn Shamir and Sarah. Mm, and hence, really? Yeah. And that'll fire off the bickering. Well, not just that, if... If anyone has seen their bickering, then Matt and Redmond are probably going to think, hmm, this will save us because they're not going to work together. Mm-hmm. It's a smart move if that's if that's the way they think. That's my theory. Mm. I, I guess it all depends where in the leg the U-turn comes as well because I wouldn't be surprised if Matt and Redmond pull back that time pretty quickly. I think in a U-turn leg you probably have to have the detail first just to make it fair. Yeah, that is the fairest. Yeah, it is fairest if they if they do that. But yeah, I think Shamir and Sarah probably are going to go next week, just because seriously they did they gave them an OTTN edit here. Yeah, and by quite a long way for this show, we don't see a lot of that. <laughs> they didn't need to show Phil's reaction. He was like an angry dad. He really was. Oh, totally. He's like yeah. a dad to the races. Yeah. Don't you do that again? <laughs> Don't you disappoint me? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd think that unless they're going to pull some rabbit out of the hat and turn it all around next week, then they're not long for this race. People don't come back from that sort of edit. No, I don't think so. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if if Shamir and Sarah go ne- uh, next week. Mm-hmm. And I'm loving that we don't have a really dominant team. It looked like last week it was going to either be Matt Redmond or Seth and Olive were just going to plough through and, and just totally dominate, but not stacking up that way. We're getting a nice mixture yeah. of order. It's good. Well, they are the top two in average at the moment, unsurprisingly. Yeah, and um, Alolo at the bottom of the averages? They are indeed. Yeah. It, With a solid eight. Yeah, it's fairly mediocre so far. But everyone else is kind of mixing and moving around. We had a lot of order changes this week. It's good. I like it when we don't have predictable legs. Yeah, there there was only two teams who stayed in the same position this week, Mm -hmm. which is Matt and Redmond and Lolo. Yeah, that's good. So, yeah. Is there anything else to say about this episode? Uh, I don't have anything. Not not without any more obvious ball jokes. So, thank you for listening to this URC Member podcast. You can join us next weekend to recap the third episode. 
you've got any questions, feel free to contact us on our Facebook page, Reality TV Warriors, on our Twitter account, RTV Warriors, or on Twitter pages, MJ Armstrong for me, Bulls Boy for Anthony, and the now unblocked by both of us, Bear3333333333 for Michelle. See you next week. Bye. Bye.